travelers and welcome to the traverse of the stars podcast how are my loyal listeners thank you for your continued support and as always hit the subscribe button everybody we have an amazing show for you all because joining the mothership is david propose he's the writer of savage avengers from marvel comic books now come join me as we go traversing the stars hello mr propose thank you so much for coming to the traverse of the stars podcast hi uh, thanks so much for having me Totally my pleasure, sure. I'm really enjoying Savage Avengers, and I'm glad to be able to talk with you. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for reading it, and uh, thanks for your support. Totally, sir. Um, I always start off with a question of inspiration. So what inspired your love for comics, and who were your earliest influences? Hmm. Well, um, you know, I've been a comics fan for as long as I can remember. Um, you know, I, I think my first comic was um, Amazing Spider-Man uh, 347. Um, it was right before uh, Spidey and Venom wound up at the island together mm. so I, I remember that as a kid and things like uh infinity war number two uh there was an issue of captain america where he and jack frost teamed up against an ice serpent um an issue of silver surfer that silver surfer barely appeared in but uh, uh adam warlock was fighting uh, drax of the destroyer in the uh in, in the soul jam um you know uh, uh, things like that um you know i, I remember having like a, a batman uh book on tape it was the um the Many Foes of, of, of Batman. Uh, it's killing me that I don't have the title right. Um, uh, the, no, The Untold Legend of the Batman. That's it. Um, so, you know, just things like that. Um, you know, my, my mother was a comics fan. My grandfather was a comics fan. So I, I think I came by it honestly. Um, you, you, I, I guess you asked what my influences are um, creatively. Um, there's a few names. Um, you know, there's people like, um, there's Devin Grayson, who um, her work on Batman Gotham Knights is like really kind of a, a Rosetta Stone for the way I approach things, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make make readers really feel something um, right. on top of, of, of uh, being economical with the pacing and really trying to add in just as much action as, as I can. Um, there's people like, uh, let's see, um, you know, there's Dan Slott. Um, you know, I, I, I learned a lot about character from him. Um, I actually took a writing class with Dan uh, once upon a time. So he, he really, uh, that was a big influence on me. People like Jeff Johns, I love his metaphor work. Um, you know, the way that he really kind of boils down a character um, in, into really a, their base component parts and is able to spin a story off that. Um, you know, the pacing of somebody like Rick Remender or Warren Ellis, um, you know, I, 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 I uh, there's so many writers out there. And I think I think part of where I come from is my critic was, uh, or my, my background, I should say, I started as a critic. Um, I, I, was, I was a DC Comics intern um, out of college uh, right when the recession hit. And so there were no jobs. And so I wound up spending about a decade as the reviews editor over at Newsarama. And that really was like my comics boot camp. Um, it really kind of taught me, uh, you know, not just to, to learn the lay of the land in terms of the industry, um, but also just to figure out like, what do I like about comics? Like, how do I articulate that in, into my voice? What do I like? What don't I like? And it was sort of a, a really great way for me to kind of build up my own toolbox. You know, if I saw something that another writer was doing that I really liked, I'd figure out a way to emulate that. And if I saw something, uh, you know, conversely that I didn't love, I would really kind of go out of my way to try to avoid that um, and mm -hmm. sort of learn from other people's mistakes on top of my own. Um, 
so yeah, you know, I, I, I'm still a Wednesday warrior, you know, I'm reading everything I can every week because I feel like there's always something to learn. And that's mm -hmm. what I like about working in the comics industry is there's always room to grow and there's always room to evolve. And there's always ways to kind of shift gears, uh, both project to project and even issue to issue. So if I read uh, correctly, you started off as a crime reporter before working in comics, is that correct? Yeah, I am. Um, so uh, like I said, you know, when I, when I graduated from college, it was, uh, there was the height of the recession. It was uh, 2008. There were, there were no jobs in, mm. in the comics industry. And so while I was moonlighting over at Newsarama, uh, my day job, or I guess I should say conversely, it was my night job. Um, I covered a crime and state politics uh, for the Berkshire Eagle in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Very cool. And um, yeah, you know, it was a really, um, you know, it was a wonderful first gig. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I worked nights, you know, I usually would work from, you know, three o'clock till midnight, one o'clock, two in the morning, sometimes later. Um, and uh, it really kind of taught me not to be afraid of a word count, not to be afraid of a deadline, um, to know that like, if you have a deadline, you have to turn something in. <laughs> and, um, and that has really kind of, I think, helped me in terms of my endurance as a writer. Um, and that's something I still, I'm still working on. Uh, but being able to know like, okay, I can crank out a script every week um, mm. that's something that that's sort of a, a, a professional level. And it's, if anything, it's a speed that I'm really looking to keep increasing with practice. Um, but yeah, working at the Eagle was, um, it was a really, uh, it was a big career, uh, move for me. And, and, um, you know, uh, while I'm not a, a journalist anymore, I still feel like I kind of have the soul of one. Mm. And, um, and I think that that experience has really helped me out a lot in terms of the way that I've navigated my career. So as you're writing these comic books, has any of the crimes that you covered sneaked this way into the comic book storylines? Not yet. Um, you know, it, it was, it, I, well, I mean, I guess there's like a little bit of the tone to it, mm. you know, um, because it, it was, you know, I was in rural Massachusetts um, and it was definitely, you could see the socioeconomic divide very clearly, um, you know, especially during the height of the recession, you know, there's it was sort of uh, a lot of rich Northeasterners summer homes next to really abject poverty and, and mm. sometimes just a couple blocks away from each other. And, um, you know, I, I think that certainly probably colored a little bit of, of books like, uh, like Spencer and Locke in particular. Um, that was sort of my breakout book and that was sort of a big kind of dark crime story. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think, I think really it just kind of in, in certain ways, it sort of pushed me towards a creative career. I, mm. I, I think I learned very quickly that I couldn't sustain in a, in a journalistic uh, field. Um, you know, it's just, uh, especially, you know, if it's one thing if you're covering like B2B, right, uh, right. you know, uh, you know, consumer stuff. But I, I, I think when you are uh, going towards the general readership, that is, you know, there are a lot of people working very hard for very little money and, um, you know, it, 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 it wasn't the path for me. Um, mm. And I, but I think, I think that experience really kind of helped shove me in the creative direction. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I knew, uh, I knew that there, there was probably another job out there that I'd probably be a little better suited at. And uh, thank goodness I landed into it. Well, that's pretty cool though. You had, you had like a real comic book um, alter ego. You know, yeah. That's, that's like the idea one comic book report. I mean, crime reporter. <laughs> yeah. I certainly felt that way a lot, you know, where I would be, you know, doing my, 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 my night shift at the paper and then I'd wake up and I'd either uh, write some reviews for Newsarama or do some blog posts or I'd work on scripts of my own. 
And so, yeah, it definitely was a little bit of a Clark Kent vibe. Um, <laughs> I, I did feel like I kind of had a little bit of a secret identity um, where, you know, I wasn't really talking about the other job to the other job. Right, right, uh, right. But uh, it all worked out in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're, um, sorry, I'm fascinated by the crime reporter stuff. So it doesn't give me a minute. Um, so when you're a crime reporter, are you dictating notes from someone? Are you investigating? Are you talking to police? You know, it's a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I, I uh, one of the things that I would do is, yeah, every night we do the police calls. You know, every county had its own uh, police station. And so you'd call every night and just be like, is there anything going on? Um, you know, have there been any sort of, major arrests have there been mm. any accidents have there been any any, um, any sort of natural disaster related things you know um, because there's a lot of flooding there's a lot of snow related stuff um and then yeah sometimes you know you you you'd, you'd pick something up either um you know uh, in the court records um and you'd be like that sounds interesting please didn't tell me about that and you start <laughs> kind of working your way backwards um and then you know every so often you'd get tips you know you you know people would call in and they'd say oh well you know i heard about such and such a thing and so you'd kind of you, you, you chase that down and um, yeah, you know, I, I think it was, um, it was interesting, you know, I, 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 sometimes it was, you know, gang related crime, um, you know, the, the, the Bloods and the Crips, um, you know, sort of our neck of the woods was kind of, it wasn't a, a hot spot like, like Boston, you know, this was sort mm. of almost like a, like a finishing school. Um, you know, uh, for, for, for up and coming gang members. Yeah. But then otherwise you'd get like weird crime, like, um, you know, uh, there was a pair of uh, teenage guard llamas that had been, um, that had been shot with uh, bows and arrows. Um, <laughs> you know, and I remember that being a very weird, weird thing. Um, and, you know, everything kind of in the middle, you know, I, I think it's what happens when, um, like I said, the socioeconomic divide is so strong in a place like that where you can see both you know crime that's a little bit not not organized crime is in the mafia but you know like you can see more gang and drug related things but you can also just see crimes of people of just desperate people and people mm. who you know that that their their lives don't have didn't have a way forward um and so that was something that was really it was really tragic a lot of the time and um something that uh i think i still think about a lot uh when, when i approach a story and I think it's very cool too that you're a fellow New Englander. I'm Rhode Island, so it's pretty. Uh, so you're right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I will say, I, I, am not a. I wasn't a native uh, northeasterner. Um, I, I, I grew up in Missouri, and uh, now I'm actually on the West Coast in, in Los Angeles. But I, I, uh, I spent a good long time in the Northeast. Um, you know, I went to college uh, up there, and then worked at the Eagle for a while, and then lived in New York for five years, I think, before moving here. So I, I, I do miss it. Um, the only thing, I, I, I just don't miss the weather. <laughs> I totally agree with you. But I, I can't imagine that you're not destined to write a street level uh, hero, um, like Gotham Knights or something like that, <laughs> one of these days, yeah. to show up your crime reporter skills. Yeah. <laughs> it would be, you know, it'd be, it'd be super fun. And especially, you know, I'd love to tackle um, like a superhero street level thing. Um, I think that's, two great tastes that I have yet to kind of really put together in a big way. And so, um, yeah, I'd be game for something like that for sure. Now going to, um, we're going to hit on Savage Avengers um, very soon. Um, but the character of the Black Knight does seem to have a forensics background, things of that nature. Does some of that come from your knowledge from crime reporting or is that something else? Well, for me, I, I, so I don't know if forensics is, is, the, is necessarily the way that I would approach it. I, I mean, I, for me, it was just, Growing up, you know, I, I was always I always thought it was very interesting, like the dichotomy of, of, of Dane Whitman 
um, you know, I, I grew up this '90s trash, so you know, I, I, I the the photonic blade um, was something that like as soon as I asked for Black Knight, I was like, why well, I, I get to use the photonic blade, right? That's, that's what I have to do. Um, and that really kind of fascinated me was the, you know this character who all the iconography is this you know medieval you know archaic kind of stuff, but he's a scientist who's building his own photonic blades and he's building you know his atomic steeds, and um, I thought that was like kind of cool um, and. Uh, but you know it's funny I, I you know i when you're putting a book together like this you never really know how the characters are going to shake up like you you can guess when mm. you pitch it and so you sort of have a little bit of an idea but like i've never been on a series as long as i have this one where the characters really do start to kind of it sounds like a cliche of them getting minds of their own but you start finding like different ways to play them off each other and black knight in particular um he was the character I was least certain about. He was the one that almost got cut. Um, and my editor, Tom Brevoort, was uh, very wise in saying like, no, you should really keep him. Um, you know, both, uh, he was in Eternals, which was coming out, <laughs> um, you know, but also just, you know, he's the only one who's like, an, who's been like a real Avenger. Um, mm. And so having that and the science background, he really does pop up in very unexpected places. Um, I. I I knew going in that I would love writing characters like Elektra or Flash Thompson. And I had already desperately wanted Cloak and Dagger because I had a lot of ideas for them. Um, Black Knight, I wasn't sure about. And now having written him for a while, I think he might be the character that like is the most me um, in this book. So um, I, I enjoy writing him uh, tremendously. And I think, yeah, it's, it's just, it's that science background, you know, it kind of, um, it's a little bit of a Swiss army knife, you know, uh, you, 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 you know, like I, I wrote in a, in a, in a, I think, I think it was in this issue that just came out. Um, you know, it's sometimes writing superhero comics, it's, uh, you, you, you find a solution in search of a problem. Yeah. Um, and, and Black Knight really is kind of like a conduit for all sorts of different avenues of storytelling. And, um, yeah, he's just a sweet guy, um, who, you know, has a little bit of a depressive streak and he's just trying to do the best he can. And uh, I, 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 I feel for him. I feel for Dane a lot. Now, in, in your opinion, uh, when you categorize, categorize a super team, and there seems to be kind of templates a lot of super teams have for as their makeup, you know, the <laughs> rogue, the straight man, the leader kind of thing. Sure. Is Dave Whitman the straight man of Savage Avengers? Um, the kind of where the craziness around him seems to be um, Weapon H and some of those others. Is he the one that's kind of the Cyclops, the... Captain America, the, you know, straight guy? You know, I, I, um, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He's certainly probably like the most normal guy on this team, um, <laughs> uh, you know, but I, the way I kind of viewed him, you know, I, 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 I mean, my first approach for him was the tech guy, you know, like, hmm. like um, the beast or the Donatello of, you know, you, you want somebody when, when you're putting together a team, at least the way that I approach it is you, you try to think of like different roles that everybody plays. And so, you know, somebody like Electra, for example, you know, is kind of like the team tactician. Um, uh, and then you've got somebody like Anti-Venom who, you know, usually is the stealth fighter. But the thing I like so much about Flash Thompson is you can kind of hulk him up a little bit, um, you know, uh, if the symbiote goes sort of in the, in, in the more traditional Venom mode. Um, then, you know, he has two different modes that you can swap between and that, that, that gives him some, some, some cool flexibility. Um, you know, Weapon H, for example, you know, he was, uh, he was the bruiser, of course, you want, you know, 
you, you want your team bruiser. But um, something that, that, that my editors and I discussed very early on was like, could I turn him into like a Swiss Army Hulk? Um, you know, of sort of being able to, you know, shift gears in his gamma frequency so he could channel the Harpy or Red Hulk or the leader, or, um, you know, uh, sort of dial H for Hulk uh, in a way. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, you know, cloak and dagger, you know, dagger being sort of like both the team medic, but also like a little bit of like a little bit of a wild card in terms of the things she can do with her with her uh, her light constructs and cloak. Obviously, you know, he's the transport, but he, there's so many other things that he can do on top of that. He's, he's also sort of the guy with the most reach, uh, thanks to his his prehensile cape. Um, and then, yeah, and then, you know, Dane is uh, he's the tech guy. Um, and so that was sort of the way that I kind of tried to approach this. And when I pitched the series, um, I thought like, you know, what are these kind of roles that each of these team members can be slotted in? And uh, yeah, that's, uh, it, 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 uh, it so far has worked out really nicely. I think. So, so when you have a team of this size, um, is continuity then a problem? Trying to figure out what's happening in the rest of Marvel for all these different characters to try to figure out what's going on, you know, new with them, personality, powers, whatever, in, in this story like this? No, I mean, you know, I mean, some of that is by virtue of the way that, that this story has been is that we do get to kind of dance between the raindrops a little bit in terms of continuity. But also, you know, I, I don't think I, I, I have any illusions that like, you know, the, I pick characters that weren't getting a, a lot of love, um, you know, and, and um, you know, Electra is Daredevil notwithstanding. Um, you know, I think just about every other member of the team there, nobody really had any plans for them when I, when I pitched them. And that was by design. Um, you know, you're able to sort of take your own spin on them a little bit. Um, and you're able to kind of do things that you might not necessarily be able to do in a team book that's featuring all of the A-list characters. Um, you know, um, because it, it, you kind of have to figure out like, you know, certain, certain teams, you know, like I, if I wrote the main Avengers line, I probably wouldn't be able to do something that would like deeply impact Tony Stark, mm. you know, um, because like Tony Stark has his own book, um, you know, that, that, that we would have, that, that an Avengers main book would have to reflect, um, you know, or dance between the raindrops continuity wise. So I, I, I kind of locked out in, in that regard that I didn't need to really be digging in too deep in the continuity. But it depends really more on the characters that you're playing with and, and sort of how recently have they shown up. You know, I, I, I feel like there, there are other characters who, if I was playing around with them, and I, I can say, for example, you know, uh, on Avengers Unlimited, um, when, I, when I worked on that, that was a little bit more, okay, I need to figure out like what's going on with certain characters right now. You know, for example, like I, I said, you know, I wanted to use Nick Fury. And I was told, well, you can use Nick Fury, but you need to know that like Shield is not operational right now. And it's like, okay, that's good to know. That's something I can kind of fold in. Um, you know, knowing. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. What other characters? You know, even even small things like um, remembering. You know, for example, having you know Carol Danvers. Um, you know, and 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 I wanted to have her betting uh, She Hulk in a race, and then I quickly realized you can't say. For Carol Danvers, first one to win buys drinks. You know, she's she is somebody who's been an alcoholic. That's that's the sort of like I think fine details that you need to know. Mm. Um, but as far as like recent continuity, it depends on the situation. Um, but I have been very lucky as far as Savage Avengers is concerned that um, 
I haven't had to get too deep into the weeds on it um, because this story is kind of taking place outside of all the hustle and bustle going on in the 616. Is, is that why the story takes place so much in the Hyborian age? Because you're trying to not get too involved in the, the, no. the main uh, Marvel? No, that, uh, no, that, that it's, it's really the reverse. Um, it's, it's more of just a happy byproduct. Um, you know, I, I had pitched uh, 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 starting out, I said I wanted to do uh, Conan versus the Terminator in the Hyborian age. And I said, you know, having Deathlock um, would be a really great way to do that. Um, you know, the, the, the character already kind of exists and we can, the great thing about a Deathlock is, you know, that they had a life, they had a human life before be, being turned into a zombie cyborg so they could be anybody. And so mm. we could stack on extra cool powers uh, like we wound up doing. And, um, but no, it, I, I think it just wound up being um, just a happy byproduct <laughs> that we're like, oh, okay, this is a time travel story. So we don't, have to worry as much about, say, for example, um, where does this fit into what like Chip Zdarsky is doing with Daredevil, you know, saying, well, you know, how can Elektra be here in New York when she's in the Hyborian age? Well, it's time travel, you know, she's <laughs> brought back whenever she needs to be brought back. Um, so yeah, that, that it wasn't really by design, but uh, it wound up working out really well for us. Now, one thing that always you always get with um, Avengers teams um is measured against all the other avenger teams you know not, not just in character but obviously in power you know how powerful all these characters can they beat this other team but when you're putting the team together you think about who did you want was there a thought of how powerful you needed to make this team um to measure up to other avengers is did the level of the team matter no uh <laughs> that's an easy question no um for me really the the only thing that mattered was just does it fit the mandate like you know if you put these characters together would it like make sense as a savage avengers team mm. um you know and uh yeah beyond that you know was, you know i think a lot about um al ewing's mighty avengers um that was like a big kind of uh, a touchstone for this run where you know when that came out let's see it was luke cage um uh the new power man um uh, White Tiger, I think Jessica Jones and Iron Fist joined eventually. You had Superior Spider-Man for like two issues or three issues. Mm. And then you had Blade in a Halloween costume for a while. And then like Blue Marvel showed up. But like when you start thinking of like Blue Marvel and yeah. Power Man and White Tiger, like those are not like the most A-list of A-list characters. And I remember when I read it, at first, you know, you see it on paper and you're kind of like, I don't know about this. But then you read it and you're like, oh, like this is a cool character jam band piece. Mm. And so that was really the ethos I kind of brought to it. Like it was never like, do I think these guys could beat Cap and Tony in a fight? Um, just because I, I didn't really know if we'd ever even get that opportunity for such a thing to happen. For me, it was just more of like, do these characters, is there a way that I can make them like play, play well together? And um, that I think I've done, I, I feel very proud of how, how we've approached that. Um, you know, these characters, most of them not really knowing each other very well, if at all, um, I think they've kind of bonded into like a fun little um, found family unit, um, you know, of sort of all these characters that all have their own degree of angst um, and self-control issues. Um, they're finding kindred spirits in one another. And I think that really kind of makes them a rough around the edges group that you really just want to give a hug.
<laughs> so in reading the issues, it does seem like leadership is either going to be the Black Knight or Electra. Is this something? There's going to be a defined leader here, or are we going? To, or they're going to be back and forth? Is it whatever the situation kind of calls for any given moment? Um, you know, <laughs> it, it it is a little situational. I mean, I think the way that I've written it, I mean, I think Electra probably defaults. Um, you know, just she's she's a I think a very tactical thinker, whereas I think Dane is a little bit more reserved and thoughtful. Um, but you know, I, I think that's the cool thing about a book like this is I, I really we try to make it a point that every character has a moment to step up. Um, you know, that and sometimes I kind of twist myself into knots in the scripting stage to make sure how does everybody get a moment? Um, you know, we don't want to ignore anybody in this cast. Mm. So um, but you know, it's also, you know, finding ways to kind of, you know, having a spotlight character, you know, uh, like you know, having Conan the Barbarian. It's kind of our spotlight, and and uh, you know having having other characters waiting in the wings. Um, you know, I don't I don't think this is a spoiler. We've already talked about it in our solicit copy. Um, you know, like Punisher twenty ninety nine, showing up in our second arc. You know, um, as sort of a, sort of a cool high, uh, spotlight character. Mm. Um, you know, that's something that um, you know I hope to, to to continue as long as the book continues. And uh, yeah, you know, I I think beyond that, you know. A strict hierarchy isn't as much my bag. Um, you know, I think I think um, it all kind of shake itself out uh, in 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 the reading experience. Mm. So I read that Conan the Barbarian is leaving Marvel in 2023. Mm -hmm. What um, was that something that you know, knew about before you entered Savage Avengers? Is, has that impacted your direction in any great way? And did that is that the reason behind the fate of Conan in a recent issue? I'm not going to give too many spoilers away. <laughs> And no, I, you know, it, it really is. Uh, I've known since pretty early on um, about everything with Conan and um, that, you know, it was one of those things when, when the news came out, really the only surprise on my end was just that we were announcing it then versus like announcing it a couple months later than that. Hmm. Um, we all knew that this was coming and uh, uh, it didn't really affect the way that I wrote my story at all. Um, if anything, you know, the, the only thing that for me was, um, no, it you know really didn't affect um, uh, the, the way that I approached the story. If anything, um, you know the thing for me was just kind of recognizing like you know if our time is finite with Conan to really make it count. And uh, for me, I, I, I see it as such a privilege and a responsibility to to do right by this character, mm. um, knowing that if if Conan will be leaving Marvel soon, knowing that you know if I'm the last Savage Avengers writer uh, to tackle Conan. Um, what an honor that is. And, um, and, and so that is really, if, if, if anything, that might be the only way that it's kind of impacted it is, is really made me kind of make sure to focus um, and make sure that like we're, we're doing right by Conan. Um, and that, uh, you know, when it's time to give him his send off that uh, we do it in the absolute best way we can. Did the plans for the send off was that always intended in that first arc or no? Uh, you'll have to read to find out. Um, I, I don't want to spoil uh, too many story points uh, 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 coming up. Um, but uh, uh, suffice to say, my plans have not changed. Um, uh, you know, I, I kind of, the way that I had written our story um, and, and the plans for this series, um, 
it was, I, I, I had even just not even knowing the situation at first it was just like, you know, if we want to bring Conan back to, to, to his home, there are ways we can do this. Um, so, you know, when I, when I, I, I found out pretty early on about uh, everything with Conan, obviously <laughs> uh, writing this book. Um, so it was, it was a, a pretty, I can't even really call it too much of a pivot. Um, you know, it was very much like, okay, I had a bunch of options on the table and now I knew like, okay, these are the options I'm going to take. So another cool character that has a, a pivotal role that we already mentioned is Deathlock. Yeah. Um, he is, as you mentioned, the Terminator. He's a bit of the villain for a few issues right now. Is he also being groomed to eventually become part of the team? Uh, you'll have to read to find out. Um, but I, I think uh, anybody who, who has like any bit of sort of kayfabe uh, when it comes to, to comics reading, like you can probably guess, um, you know, but all I can say is, you know, we, we certainly did not introduce Deathlock lightly. Deathlock is going to be an integral part of the whole series uh, for as long as I'm writing it. Um, and uh, so we have a lot of plans, um, a lot of cool stuff coming. And um, I think readers are finally starting to see a little bit of the tip of the iceberg um, in our most recent issues. Um, but we've got a lot of fun stuff coming and uh, I can't wait for readers to get to see uh, all the stuff that we've had in the works for a very long time. So when we're discussing continuity, there's a reveal of the identity of Deathlock without going too many spoilers um, that does impact a very popular character in Marvel. Is that then directing where future, or is this one of those infinite universes, infinite possibilities? This is where he ends up. Um, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if that's a, a question I, 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 I want to answer. Okay, <laughs> um, fair enough. Know, I, I um, uh, you know, I, I, it, I, I, I can certainly. Well, you know what, I, it, it's a possible future, you know. Um, it's not necessarily the definitive future. Um, you know, the thing about the, uh, the, the, the Deathlock army is it, these are multiversal um, uh, characters. So these are, they're, they're built from the corpses of heroes from all across the multiverse. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, our, our, our Deathlock uh, is one of them. And uh, it was one of those things that we kind of had to think really hard about, like, across the Marvel multiverse, like who makes sense? Um, you know, who first off will have an impact, you know, that if people see this, this character, they'll be like, oh, I want, I desperately need to know what happens. But also just from a story standpoint, you know, things like, you know, we're, th we're throwing a Deathlock, a Deathlock on a, a regular vanilla Deathlock versus Conan the Barbarian. That feels like an even match. You throw in a whole team of Avengers and you really got to start stacking the deck. And so, mm. um, that's why that was another big reason why we settled in the character that we did. Um, you know what? I mean, look, this is this is going up when, like, in a couple of days, like, like um, uh, next week. Next week, I I'm fine spoiling this. I mean, it's it's been on the cover of issue four. Um, you know, uh, so Miles Morales is 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 our Deathlock, and um, you know, I thought a lot about that. Um, I've been a huge fan of Miles for for a long time. Um, I I reviewed his very first issue when it came out. Um, so you can actually see me on the Miles Morales uh, Wikipedia page. Um, and I, 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 of course, a huge fan of the Spider-Verse, uh, into the Spider-Verse. And I was thinking, you know, what kind of character has the kind of powers that you could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a whole team of Avengers? And um, 
I thought of Miles and I was just like, you know, he's got the invisibility, he's got the venom blasts, he's got the whole spider suite of powers. Imagine that kind of in the wrong hands. Um, and suddenly that's somebody who could give a team of Avengers a run for their money. Mm. And so um, I remember pitching that to, to, to my editors and they were, um, I was like, we'd be really careful with it. Like, you know, I know how important Miles is um, to so many people. And uh, the last thing I would ever want to do is kind of play with that legacy lightweight, um, you know, or in a way that felt exploitive, you know, like we, we and um, my editors were really excited and they were like, yeah, that sounds like a really great idea. And so um, we've been sort of seeding that in, um, you know, I thought for sure somebody might have guessed it even in our first page, you know, the very first page of the series is Deathlock with an invisibility cloak on. And um, everybody kept saying predator, predator, predator. And yes, that was part of the influence, but I was also just, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that we played fairly enough with our readers that like you could see, you could look back and be like, oh, he's got the cloak. Oh, he's got the venom blast. Oh, he's climbing a wall, literally climbing a wall on the second issue. Um, you know, just, just for people to be like, oh, okay, I get it. It makes sense. And then uh, to justify it um, in, in, in our fourth issue and, mm-hmm. and really kind of give Miles um, this Miles Lock, as it were, um, kind of the, 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 the backstory and the heroic sacrifice that he deserves to really justify uh, his place in the book and his place as a Deathlock. Now, another cool character that was inserted into the series for a little while is Devil Dinosaur um, <laughs> in, in issue number two. Now, is this someone we can look forward to seeing again? Because I'm going to say a big angry red dinosaur, a T-Rex is always freaking awesome. So, I mean, what's the deal? Going to see him again? Was that just a a nice tip of the hat? What's up? I think it was, never say never, but as far, at least as of this moment, that was just a tip of the hat. Um, You know, I, so much of this series has been figuring out, like, how do you cross-pollinate the modern Marvel universe with with these other worlds? Um, And, you know, the Hyborn Age, I, I, had thought you know we kind of decided pretty early on that the second issue would be the team split up and and sort of dealing with all these different sides of, of the hyborian age and um, of course I, I felt like a gladiator pit felt so iconic um and having kind of like a giant beastie um felt a little different than like than sort of the the, the other sword and sorcery fair and um i remember thinking um I, I remember like thinking like, oh, like, you know, what kind of monster could I use? And then I remember, I remember Devil Dinosaur, um, you know, has been functionally immortal. You know, he's, 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 he's been around for a very long time. And so I remember pitching, I, I emailed Tom while I was working on issue two. And I said, hey, would it be cool if we did Devil Dinosaur as like the monster here? Like just showing that like he's had a long life, like before he met Lunella Lafayette, like maybe this is just like a hidden adventure in Devil Dinosaur's past. And um, I, 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 I always appreciate when Tom lets me kind of, when he gives me the latitude to do these sorts of things. Um, mm. I, 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 he, he always uh, laughs a little when I, uh, when I give him these kind of weird continuity cuts. And um, yeah, he was like, yeah, go for it. He actually, it's funny when I had first pitched it, he said the same thing you did. He's like, well, just like, can we have him out by the end of the first arc? And I was like, oh no, I'm just having him for like two seasons. <laughs> um, I, I, this is a very packed book. I do not have room for a dinosaur in it. Um, but uh, 
yeah, I, uh, it was a fun little uh, uh, hat tip. And that is something that I, I've been trying to do in this series. And you'll see as the series continues is um, any opportunity I have to kind of crowbar in some fun Marvel lore, um, I will do it um, because mm. that's like part of the fun of a book like this is like, yeah, you get the like the cool character dynamics and you get to see the characters play off each other. But it's also a little bit of a Where's Waldo kind of thing. We're like, I know that thing that's a cool little like Easter egg for like the, the true believers. Um, well, and, yeah. Well, in every storyline, you should find a way to put devil dinosaur somewhere in the storyline. So I'm just, <laughs> a, just appear somewhere in the background, whatever, running past the building or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, maybe, we'll, 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 we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty deep and dark too already, but I, uh, uh, we'll, 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 we'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the future. Uh, <laughs> So is it fair to say that the event, Savage Avengers are going to leave the Hyborian Hibar- Age um, eventually, or this is going to stay in that setting? No, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be leaving. Um, uh, we actually just put out um, solicits for issue six fairly recently, and I imagine that issue seven solicits will be dropping soon. Um, but yes, um, you know, I, I, uh, we, we will be taking them elsewhere. Um, uh, you know, this is kind of a road trip story in, 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 in a way and um uh we will we will find out that um no good deed goes unpunished <laughs> and that's kind of that's that's kind of the, the 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 main theme of our second arc so how fluid is the team membership on this team um well you know the 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 core members that you've seen so far you know electra flash uh dane weapon h and cloak and dagger um, they will be parts of the book as long as I'm writing it. Um, that 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 was sort of uh, what I considered the 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 buy-in for for me as a writer, but also for readers is, um, and and in a way to help us differentiate a little from uh, Jerry Dugan's amazing initial run on Savage Avengers was um, you know Jerry had sort of he had kind of the first arc which was a team up you know with Wolverine and Elektra and Venom and uh, Doctor Voodoo. Um, uh, but after that, it was sort of a Conan team up, you know, it was sort of Conan bouncing his way through the Marvel universe. And he'd have an issue where he was teaming up with Rhino against Spider-Man or, you know, uh, you know, he meets up with, uh, with Emma Frost or he had a couple issues where he was teaming up with Deadpool, that sort of thing. Um, and then by the end, it was sort of, you know, a, a kind of a grab bag of, of, of heroes thrown together, um, to deal with, um, uh, uh, uh Goth. Um, you know, so for me, I, I felt, you know, even before we kind of knew about Conan, I said, you know, I really want to have a, a stable team roster. So that way, there are plenty of people who will read this book because they love Conan, but there are plenty of people who have no affection for Conan. And I want them to have something that they can connect with emotionally to enjoy our book. So having those core six members, that means that's six opportunities for people to really enjoy this book. Um, and, you know, now, you know, seven really is as, as Miles um, sort of uh, joins the orbit of, of, of this book. And, um, but that said, you know, uh, that's the great thing about an Avengers title. And that's really kind of what I've felt about even with, with, with Conan, uh, you know, when, when he does depart, is the Avengers never rest on any one character's shoulders. That's the great part about them. You know, you've got the original uh, uh, core lineup uh, when Loki attacks, you've got Cap's kooky quartet. You've got uh, when Cap, when when um, when uh, Monica Rambeau leads the team. You've got uh, you know when Black Knight leads the team. You know um, 
you've got Mark Wade's sort of Avengers like champions kind of hybrid team. Um, there's so many different iterations of the Avengers. And mm. so uh, while we will continue to have the, 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 the core seven um, uh, as long as I'm writing this book, um, that's the cool thing about this team is we are able to kind of shift in uh, some new faces here and there. And uh, you'll be seeing some new faces in arc two um, uh, that uh, I think are, are, are particularly fun to write and um, uh, will wind up uh, saving the team uh, in a major, major way. Well, I'm going to uh, shill for a Beta Ray Bill at some point. If you ever make room for Beta Ray Bill, please get him in. That's, he's one of my favorite characters, and he's always um, extremely underused in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> we, you know, uh, we, we talked about Beta Ray Bill at, at, at one point, um, and, uh, you know, it's tough for the Thors, you know, because you don't want to go too overpowered with a team like this. Um, but, uh, you know, never say never, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'll, I'll write this book as long as they'll have me. So like, you know, if, if I, if this, if this book goes on long enough, uh, uh, who, who, who knows what kind of hammer time you might see. <laughs> so, so what can our listeners look forward to next in Savage Avengers? Yeah. Um, well, you know, we're going to be wrapping up our first arc um, next month. So I guess let's see, it's, it's August now. So uh, in September um, uh, we'll be wrapping up our first arc. And then um, uh, we've got some really fun stuff planned for arc two. Uh, that begins in October. Um, and it's sort of, uh, it's an escalation of our first arc, but it's also kind of a massive genre shift. Um, you know, Sword and Sorcery was kind of the tone of our first arc. Um, you know, post-apocalyptic sci-fi is kind of what informs arc two. And, um, and like I said, you know, it's about consequences. Um, you know, that's the thing about, that I think a book like Savage Avengers does really well is um, you can see, that you know the characters might win the battle, but like that might mean that they've lost the war, or vice versa. Um, mm. And so, uh, kind of getting to see the fallout of their victory um, is, has been very fun. Um, and yeah, like I said, uh, you know, we'll see some new faces. Um, uh, you know, uh, and uh, uh, seeing the characters in a, in a whole new environment um, that's really gonna uh, push them to the limit and beyond. Well. That sounds awesome, uh, Mr. Proposed, and I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I look forward to more Savage Avengers.